Jessica, and this is Taebak K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And I'm back for another spooky season episode. This is episode three of our little Halloween special season, and Rico's back. Hey, Rico. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Jess? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, this this gap that we've had between the the two episodes. Um, is not very big. It's actually last <laughs> I know. Week, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Two weeks, we, ago, two weeks ago. Oh, true. Yeah, two weeks ago, we recorded the ballerina episode, right. which is a movie on Netflix. And what's funny is it's kind of making the rounds. This is a side mm. note, but that movie is making the rounds a little bit on social media because, you know, the villain dude? Yeah. Okay. So he posted like a carousel of images and the first images of him in the mask, no. in the BDSM in the BDS- mask. Oh, come on. People dude. have been losing their shit. They're like, wait, I don't, I wasn't prepared. Like nobody told me because obviously like that's spoilery, but. It's spoilery <laughs> and it's triggering for some it, people as well. Right. So you never know how people approach that photo. Uh-huh. That's so bold. And then. I know and his shirtless, like the whole bit. Like mm-hmm. he he knows what to post on his of Instagram. Of yeah, course he yeah. Does. Of course. Anyway, long story short, go back in your podcast feed and listen to that episode if you haven't already. But thank you so much. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. And if you like us, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way, long way for listeners like you to find us. And lastly, come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, formerly, <laughs> formerly X, X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pod D-A-E, bait. Oh, man. I tried to do that fast. I tried to get cute with it. Slow it down. D-A-E-B-A-K-P-O-D at Pod. And if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Here we go. Um, thank you so much to our patrons. Curtis Bale, Cindy CD, Alana Grace, number one, Lorna Lee, Sammy, Caitlin, Michelle, Dan May, Adia, Aram, Aaron, and Grace number two. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. We can't we can't thank you enough for just believing in us and, and really enjoying the content that we put on the Patreon feed. So Without further ado, Rico, are you ready to review Moving, the K-drama Moving? I am. I am. Uh, one thing I will say is that, you know, this is a theme of sp- you're in your Halloween spooky season for the show. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this show does not fit that criteria at all. But So then what ha- happened was, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I saw the aesthetic of it oh. and I was like, oh, it's like really dark and it's shot differently and it's not a typical looking K-drama at right. all. Plus, I heard that it was gory. Mm. I, I okay, Like so, violent. Right. I, so I get that for sure. So that's when I was like, oh, perfect. We'll review moving. And then a little bit later, I was like, this doesn't seem... <laughs> This at is all. not like, scary, spooky, like, no. like thriller uh, you could is say pushing it's, it. Yeah, pushing it is thriller. Yeah. But even then, even then it's, it's manageable. It's not yeah. like you're really scared. Yeah, so if you're not a person 
if you're a person who does not like scary stuff, this is fine. This is this is perfect. This is not <laughs> scary. So no, no. But I will say the next episode or the last episode in this little spooky season will definitely be in the spooky Halloween wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Definitely more on brand. This one kind of like I was too late to change it, and I actually really wanted to watch the show anyway. So I was like. Eh, whatever. We'll yeah, just stick with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it ended up here in Spooky Season, even though it's not really ghosts and zombies and whatever else. Ghouls, goblins, zombies with no conscience. <laughs> <laughs> A terrible Jay-Z line from Monster. <laughs> oh, man. That's because Nikki ate them up. Yeah. On that track. No, no. She definitely has the best verse oh on that track. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. I've never heard such a bad Jay-Z verse <laughs> ever. Wait, wait, wait. What are we talking about for the people that don't know? So for people who don't know, the song Monster, this is the track from my Dark Twisted Fantasy from uh, Kanye's album. And this is the song Monster that is Kanye, Jay-Z, and uh, Nicki Minaj with a little bit of... Uh, Man, I forgot his name. Oh, uh, Rick Ross at the beginning. So, yeah. So each one has a verse. Kanye starts it off. It, it's good. There's some memorable lines. Jay-Z comes second. And boy, is it awful. Like, it is <laughs> terrible. Like, like he just starts naming, like, all these different, like, monsters that you would see in Universal Pictures from, like, the 30s. <laughs> and, like, it's just so it's, terrible. It's so at bad. one point, he goes... Uh, I know what my biggest deal is love. I don't get enough of it. And I'm just like, this is terrible. But thank <laughs> God that Nikki comes third to save Ooh. that monstrosity. No pun intended. Uh, yeah. Nikki is incredible. She's late. Okay. So just context. Yeah. So sorry. We move really, really fast. Like we just known each other so long. We've done yeah. podcasting for so long that we just, It'll be real quick. So yeah. we have we'll to slow just, it down sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we have to slow it down, explain how we know something so well <laughs> to each other. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and read the MDL synopsis, my drama list. It reads, Kim Bong-suk, Jang Hee-soo, and Lee Kang-un, seemingly typical high school students, bear extraordinary inherited powers. Bong-suk can fly. Hisu possesses exceptional athleticism and rapid injury recovery. And Kang-moon wields uncanny strength and speed. As they conceal their gifts, their parents fight to shield them from exploitation by others, navigating a delicate balance between secrecy and protection. If you didn't catch the name of it, I don't know if we said it, but the name of the K-drama is Moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we said it a little earlier, but okay. yes, just moving. wanted to make sure. It aired from August to September 2023. This year was released weekly, a few episodes a week, I believe, and it is 20 episodes long. I know that's pretty long. However, each episode is only like 40 minutes. This is what easy network television used to be back in the day mm. where like the west wing is the best example there are 23 episodes a season they're all about 42 minutes long oh that's oh bless bless so Ugh. so that's exactly what you're looking at it's like you're looking at one season of network television from back in the day yeah and and i love it i, yeah. I really do yeah me too wasn't it great i love it was it. each like, episode was set it so yes yes 
there's an internal clock that I have in my head. Not that I'm keeping track, but like there's like an alarm that goes off if a show that I'm watching that is an hour. And I put that in quotations (laughs) because of commercials and stuff. But once it goes past a certain time, I'm like, huh, the show's not, you know, resolving. Mm, But mm. that's because I'm so used to that 42 minute thing that when a show goes over that and is like an hour, an hour, 10. And I'm just like, ooh, this this just feels long, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So very, very appreciative that moving decided to do the 40 to 42 minute uh, episode thing. I love it. It's good stuff. It is adapted from the webtoon Moving by Kung Fu, a.k.a. Kung Pool. It, I guess, just depends on how you pronounce it. There is mm. no F sound in Korean. Gotcha. So there's that. It's a nickname, however. So it's a, what's it called? Pen name. Ah. He also wrote the screenplay. So he is the author of the webcomic and the screenwriter. He's written eight movies, and this is his first show. I think the eight movies are adaptations of his webtoon as well. Oh, okay. Different webtoons. Nice. He is obviously a webtoon author artist, and he's regarded as a first generation webtoon artist. Is it because like webtoons are so new? That's the only thing I can think of. You know, it has to do with, I guess, that when he kind of got in the game. Mm -hmm. And then I also feel like (laughs) in K-culture... They love to put things in eras, right? Yeah. So consider K-pop with like first gen, second gen, third gen, fourth gen. They're they just like delineating the eras right. like that. Yeah, fearless. Speak now, red. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. 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 You get me. I totally get it. Um, <laughs> so we just watched the Taylor Swift eras to our movie, and we reviewed it on Always the Critic podcast. So that's. Where that's coming. It's yeah. it's relevant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Moving was directed by Pakinjay. He's also directed Kingdom Season 2, which is a mm. zombie show on Netflix. Really good. Um, I think each season of it is only eight, six or eight episodes. And then there's two seasons total. Freaking easy to binge that. It is such an amazing show. I highly recommend you watch it. I don't... I would love to recommend it to you, Rico, but I know that you're not a zombie person. It's just so excellent. And we talked about it, actually, on our Sweet Home episode. Yes. Briefly, I mentioned it because it's got all the things that you kind of wanted out of Sweet Home. And I was like, we should have watched Kingdom. So (laughs) Uh, he directed only season two of Kingdom and two movies. And that's it. He's pretty green. Yeah, he is green. That's not a very big resume. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, same for the screenwriter, Kung Fu yeah. or Kung Fu. Um, the adults, the cast, stacked. <laughs> like, in a word, this is a really high-profile cast. And some of these faces you've seen before, Rico, because conveniently you've watched some of their previous work. So we'll just go through them. We have Ryo Song Ryong plays Jang Juwon, and I have him here as the Hulk yeah. The he, nickname. Yeah. He's chicken the, shop. Yeah, he runs the chicken shop. Yeah. Uh and yeah, super strength Hulk type figure. Yep. I totally okay. agree with the Cool. So if you wanna call him the Hulk later in the show, well that's fine. You know what I was comparing the show to, just so like I in my head. Yeah, is yeah. I was comparing this kind of to the X Men. Oh really? Yeah. A like, lot of people have been likening this show to heroes. Oh yeah. 
you know, I can see mm-hmm. it. I only saw one season of Heroes, but like I, I saw I clips it. on YouTube of Heroes. So. <laughs> save the cheerleaders. But the I life. have seen. Just stop it. <laughs> but I've seen every freaking superhero movie you can think of. That's true. Plus those shitty Disney Plus shows. So, um, <laughs> except for WandaVision. I love WandaVision. I can't shit on WandaVision that much. No, no, WandaVision's great. No, 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 it's amazing. And I love Loki. I haven't started season two yet. What? I, I saw, we saw the first two episodes okay. of season two. Anyway, long story short, it, it's it's superheroes. Yeah, it's superheroes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, Song Ryong, you might have seen him in the 36 movies that he's done, including Miracle and Cell Number no. 7, Masquerade from 2012 with Lee Byung-un. And All About My Wife, War of the Arrows, the list goes on. I think that was his best film era was 2011 through 2013. That was like the best time to me. And then he's done 11 TV shows, including Kingdom. He's in both seasons of Kingdom, so that's where he met the director. And he was also in Personal Taste in 2010, which is this really weird show with um, Emin, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> like so uh what's the plot of personal taste so there's this woman living and it's the female lead from crash landing on you sonia jin got it she is living in a traditional korean house and an architect lee Ho wants to um i i think either like survey the house or something like that or use the house as inspiration for a a new project and i can't remember which one it is but he wants into the house she lets nobody into the house but she's looking for a roommate so he decides to apply to become her roommate and masquerade as a gay man to do it so she she gets this gay roommate she thinks is like safe and obviously he's not gay it's this whole thing it's wild so, anyway, Ryu Song Ryong was in Personal Taste in 2010. I am beyond scared to revisit some of those older shows that I watched and <laughs> see if it holds up. I know it doesn't hold up, but anyway. We also have Han Hyoju, who plays Imi Hyun. She is our leading lady. I call her the sniper slash tonkatsu mom. Do you have Do you have another nickname for her at all? In your um, notes? not really. Only because like that type of character, I can't really eyeball in in like maybe Deadshot. A female Deadshot would be the only thing that I can think of. Okay, that would be the only thing. And that's a comic book character. Yeah, that's a comic book character. So that's what <laughs> I'm thinking in my head because th- like these are kind of comic book characters. They're much. facsimiles, yeah. They're facsimiles. So like if if I were to put like a, you know, something somewhere uh-huh. in this I would probably go with a female Deadshot. Yeah. I So. I So you've seen her because she was in W2 Worlds Apart. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> that show <laughs> so we reviewed that for the podcast rico was there uh he remembers it all too well and i really appreciate that show even though it's not 100 like it's got its flaws it's got its issues it, there's problems but it still holds a very special place in my heart she's been in so many things and they're all excellent she chooses her projects really really well 
even her movies, I love her movies. I've seen her in Always from 2011 with Soji Sub. That one was so sad. It's a melodrama. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything away, but watch that one. You will need tissues. Masquerade as well. So you see kind of things start to intertwine because Hulk, uh, Sung Ryong, was also in Masquerade with her. Right. She was in Love 911, Beauty Inside, which they, they turned that into a K-drama after, soon after that because it was so successful. She was in Love Lies, which I have a Patreon review up for that movie. The Pirates sequel, The Last Royal Treasure, and then recently in 20th Century Girl, which broke everyone's hearts because they just didn't see it coming. Like that ending. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. Also, she was in Happiness, which is another zombie show. Excellent show. Love it. Nice. What do you think of her in this show? So in the show, um, out of the out of the adults, I, I liked her. It wasn't as captivating, I would say, as some of the other characters. Mm. Right? Like there was there were two characters out of the adults that I was really drawn to. We've already spoken about one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jean uh, Jean Juwon is the name of the character. Yeah, Hulk. Hulk. Um, really enjoy. We still haven't mentioned the next one, but like her character was f- fine. I, there was a lot of times where I kind of felt like she she was more just kind of in a very what's the word that I'm looking for? Just she was kind of in the back seat a lot, mm. and there was a lot of times where you know that she's important and there's you know there's an importance to her character but we we don't see it too often we don't get a lot of it so it she kind of falls in the background sometimes mm-hmm. i see that my only problem i see that. that it's not a flashy role right not flashy at all and but i like her her character i think there's something really cool and mysterious about her and super guarded as well Super. that's just oh, how yeah, the character sure. was was written we have her co-star Choin song who plays kim do Shik. i just have him here as superman <laughs> i know i mean pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> bro so two things one is hani do people were very surprised to see her as a mother uh. because we've seen her young and you know childless in pretty much every one of her roles so far. So this is a how do, a shift change in her career. Yeah. Um and not just like a kid, Ummangan Song, like, um just, like song. A, just like a big like ass a grown teenager. Kid. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that that's the big thing about it. Like it kind of happened to me recently when I watched this new movie uh, then she came to me. It's with uh, Peter Dinklage and Hathaway. Okay. Anne Hathaway <gasps> is a mother <gasps> to a to a child who's about to graduate high school. And I was like, damn, oh. she's already there. Oh. I was like, damn, dude. Right. Like, it doesn't feel like that. Like, she just no. turned 40. But it still doesn't feel that way, you know? Yeah, Hanya Ju is in her 30s. She's in her 30s and she's yeah. like, you know, a 16, 17 year old, whatever the age uh, right. is of that, of that boy. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, she does not look like she should be the mother of. And if you see her on the press tour and in some of the f- photo shoots that they've done for this show, oh, she does not look. They aged her up 
to yeah, play this character. They had to age her up, and even yeah. like that, like it's still kind of like, hmm, she's the mom, huh? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little strange for people, a little jarring. I, for one, am okay with it. I think that she can, she's a grown woman. She knows how to fucking pick her projects. She's very picky, and it's worked. Like this show is proof of that because I think once you saw some stills of her, you were probably a little hesitant to watch her in something like this. And then once you see the finished product, you're like, Oh my God, (laughs) it was worth it to like age her up. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. For Toy and Sung though, this is a big deal that he's in this drama because he hasn't been starring in a drama since 2014 the last time you saw him was in 2016 in a special guest appearance in this show called dear my friends and he basically just goes off the grid when he's not working oh so he just disappears he just does like a big show he gets paid handsomely and then he just dips got it which i appreciate that lifestyle a lot and I think it's hard for people who are just starting out watching K-dramas because they don't know who he is. Mm. Especially if you haven't gone back to like, um, like see some of the older work. Right. Because I, I mean, I grew up watching him in the K-dramas that I started out watching. I start, I came in like early 2010s and he, that was his era like that. He was popping off in 2010, like the Mm. 2010s. Gotcha. Oh, my God. So he was in that Winter the Wind Blows with Song Hye-kyo, uh, the female lead from Descendants of the Sun. Oh, uh, OK. She was a blind heiress and he was deceiving her so that he could get her, her inheritance. It was fucking nuts. I mean, these plots, right? <laughs> the plot lines are fantastic. The plots are plotting. So he was in that. He looks so good. It's OK. This is love. Or It's Okay, That's Love from 2014. One of my favorite K-dramas of all time. And he's in that. He stars in that. I, again, if you're, if you see him and you're like, wow, I want to see more of him. There's more. Go back in the catalog and, and dig deep, right? Like watch these dramas because they're good. Memories of Bali, aka Something Happened in Bali. I just have to say, I, he's not here to defend himself, but Miguel knows what he did. He told me to what's so, this show. Uh, something happened in Bali is from 2004. It's an older drama. Almost 20 years old, actually. Whoa. Okay. And Miguel was like, you got to watch this drama. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. So I took his advice and I watched this show. Swear to you, I still think about the night, the nightmares that I had watching this show and the ending that it had. It is pure trauma. Ooh. There is, I mean, if you think that like endings from The Red Sleeve and 2521 and I don't know, Youth of May are traumatic. <laughs> Listen, what something happened in Bali is trumps all of that. It was, I hated it. It was terrible. To, I hated the show. I was livid when I, because I came back. I think I, we went out for like pizza or something in Hunter's Creek here in Orlando. And I walk in and I was like, Miguel, I think you owe me an apology. 
Yo, <laughs> because <laughs> this show, it was so bad. So I know a lot of people like that show, but anyway, long story short, Cho and Sung, icon, icon, and he's here in this in this fucking show. It's amazing. Kim Sung Kyun, another icon. He plays Jaemon. He is the character with an intellectual disability, and he has super strength. Yes, and he's super fast as well. Yeah, he can. He can also like leap. Yeah, like super far kind of it's, like it's almost like hulk yeah where he can like jump really far uh or when superman in man of steel is like starting to try to fly like mm. it's like these giant ass hops it's basically that he has been in everything you can think of 34 movies including um secretly greatly why monster boy the suspect all of these with all-star casts he's been in 14 tv shows including dp which we covered earlier in our spooky season divorce attorney shin we carol class one grid moon lovers scholar how rio which we've covered as well not in the spooky season at the end of season four that was the finale episode <laughs> uh moon lovers so this guy really well known household name then we have Kimi Won as Che Yuhuan. He is the PE slash homeroom teacher. Yes. Bro, another icon. Another icon. He's been in 36 movies, including Unlock the Beauty Inside, which is the same movie that Han Hyoju was in. Cart, No Tears for the Dead, The Man from Nowhere, which I just reviewed for the Patreon fee because I did my annual rewatch of that movie. Fucking love this man. These are great names that I'm throwing out here. And then we have our kids as well. Thankfully, there's not that many of them. Wow. <laughs> because I'm already feeling like we're running long in the tooth. But we have Koyun Jung as Hisu. She is, I call her homegirl in my notes. She's the PE major, monster baby. I don't know what you want to call her. Yeah. Um. I was getting just uh, X-23 or Wolverine vibes. So we'll, you were getting Wolverine vibes just because of the re, uh, the regenerative power of being able to heal like that. Mm. That that's the the very classic person who can heal in that way is yeah. Wolverine, and uh-huh. in turn the daughter X twenty three. So that's what I was getting those vibes. I see. I like it. Okay, so X twenty three is Koyun Jung. You might have seen her in Alchemy of Souls, which there's a two-parter, two-part episode on on the feed. And then you might have seen her in Law School, School Nurse Files, He is Psychometric. Rico, you've seen her in Sweet Home. Yes, I did. I did. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Is that the girl from Sweet Home? And I was right. Yes, it was. She's here as a student. I think she's like 27 or 28 in real life. I mean, <laughs> she's playing a high school student. <laughs> it's, it's it's all the dilemmas we always face with all these high school movies where they're having 27 year olds play high yeah. school students. Like we've seen it all the time. I know. We've seen worse. <laughs> oh, Stalker yeah. Channing. Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Greece. For those who don't. <laughs> <laughs> one of my. F- <laughs> one of my favorite things ever is Family Guy. Um, oh god no no not family guy american dad uh where the alien roger is like oh uh he knew or he knew stalker channing in her 40s oh no no i'm sorry he knew stalker channing in the 40s she was 50 (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just like it's so the messed up. Gag. It's a running Ugh. gag with the with running Greece. gag in pop culture. But Greece, especially Greece cast, because you look at that cast. Like there are people who are in high school <laughs> in that movie. That's a man. That is a man who's been That's divorced. Like yes, like ridiculous. <laughs> Divorce with kids. Like, yes. get out of here with that high school yeah. student. It is hilarious. <laughs> T-Birds, my ass. <laughs> anyway, we yes. also have Lee Jong-ha, who plays Kim bong Suk. He is my fly boy. I have him as my little peanut. I don't know if you had a nickname for him. I didn't, but he... Yellow. <laughs> Yellow. Is his color. <laughs> Yellow is his color. Um, I just found him... I felt like he was comic relief to me, kind a of, or a just little bit. Yeah. a light levity to like He's darker scenarios. Light. Yes, yes. He was such a breath of fresh air. He was needed to bring a little bit of comedy. Yeah, like like you said, to the show. Speaking of comedy, <laughs> I watched on TikTok because TikTok knows like what I'm doing, what I'm watching. It just of knows. They so. Do. Of course they do. It brought me this video of him auditioning to debut as a singer on a survival show called The Unit Idol Rebooting Project. And he was adorable. Adorable. (laughs) All of the judges who are A-list, you know, K-pop celebs were just pushing him through because he was so endearing even though he didn't have the chops he didn't have the skills he was going one-on-one like rain gave him like a little tutorial on how to dance like he was making him do that like uh body roll yeah the body roll that like boy the kid had no rhythm no rhythm couldn't do the body roll but a one-on-one thing with rain is a huge or i'm not saying it right rain so (laughs) he Rain couldn't even do it with a straight face because he was so cute and smiley with his little dimples that Rain just kept laughing. My goodness. It was adorable. <laughs> so I encourage you guys to seek out this little video of him. Apparently, Lee Jong-ha was a trainee under JYP, which makes a lot of sense. However, he left the company because he lacked confidence and could not keep up with other trainees as he felt they were better than him. Seeing mm. what I saw on TikTok, that little clip, I uh, yeah, I don't even know how he got into JYP. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't even know how he got in. <laughs> I don't even know how he got in. So he was also in Nevertheless from 2021. That's kind of a curse word of a show. <laughs> no, not a lot of people like that one. I can't believe I watched it myself. He was on Ronan and Rookie Historian Gujerio. I got to be real honest with you. I don't remember this man in these shows, this little boy <laughs> at all. So if, oh my you, if you saw him in these shows, I would love to see your, hear your thoughts on him from those small bit parts in those shows. And lastly, we have Kim Do Hyun, Kim Do Hoon, who plays Lee Kang Hoon, and he's like the glasses kid, like the class prez. Yes. Okay. Who in the so very first episode is collecting everybody's cell phones. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That kid. Hall monitor. Hall monitor. So he's in The Escape of the Seven from 2023. I think that's coming out a little later this year. The Law Cafe and today's Webtoon. Again, these are largely untested younger actors paired up with big names right. in the K- the K-cinema and K-drama you world. Can, you can almost say 
it would be kind of a passing of the baton type of scenario, maybe. Um, you know, working so closely with these generational actors and actresses, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to give the new generation kind of, you know, a good stepping stone. I mean, you can kind of liken it since I'm on the X-Men train, <laughs> Days of Future Past, where you uh, have the old cast and the new cast, you know, mm-hmm. kind of sharing screen time. So something yeah. similar. Yeah, absolutely. So we have finally gone through this whole cast and we're here at the end of that. Rico, what did you think of moving? So I'll be honest. I think this is a really good show. <gasps> Thank God. Oh, my God. The way Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first episode when the first character that we're introduced to is um, what's it called? Uh, Kim Bon Suk. Like when that's the first character, I was kind of like, hmm, interesting that this is the character. So I thought it would be more of a, you know, like humorous, good natured type of show just by him being like the first character. Mm-hmm. Um, what really sold me on the show was when we start getting the more interactions with uh, Jung Kyusu, uh, mm-hmm. that that's uh, uh, Koyu Jung's character. Mm hmm. And also Ryo Song Ryong's character of Jang Wu, uh, Jang Ju Won. Yeah. So Hulk, Hulk and X twenty three. Yeah. You know, father daughter. <laughs> yes. Um, that was the one that sold me the most. Also, what also sold me was the character of Frank. Oh, okay. F- because like being a cleaner and coming out and basically taking out like ex super people. Like, yeah. that was, like, intriguing, like, first That's off. That's very Incredibles of him. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the Incredibles. Yeah. And what was the name of that red-haired character? That was it's uh, Syndrome. Syndrome! Yeah. He's basically Syndrome. He's except Syndrome. with powers. Right. Exactly. Uh, he's not faking it like Syndrome. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, those characters, like, really captured my attention early on, which helped carry the show. Um there's a couple episodes that really stand out for me. <gasps> really? That I really enjoy, and we'll get into them a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I, I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed the very <laughs> the very <laughs> Hans Zimmer slash Ludwig Gorenson score. Because Oh, my God, yes. There's a moment where it sounds like it's like, bomb, bomb. So it sounds like Hans Zimmer. Where is Zimmer. that from? It sounds a little bit like the score from Dark Phoenix. Mm, yes, Dark Phoenix, which is yeah. Hans Zimmer, but mm-hmm. it also sounds and a little X-Men. bit <laughs> like the uh, like the um, score from Tenet from Ludwig. Oh, where it's like, and I'm just like, that's a very bad interpretation. Yes, it is. But or imitation. Yeah, it's a very bad imitation. Go listen to the real one. But yeah, you can tell it's like heavily inspired by like Zimmer and Ludwig Göransson. I can I even think, see a little bit of the score in Loki, the yes, show. Yes. Right? Yes. For Feels sure. Like that. Um, the cinematography of it, I think it looks beautiful. I think. Yeah, and so nice. it's coherent. Thank God. So compared to last week's episode of Ballerina, right? If it was last week, maybe. I'm yeah, it was. Time. It was. Yes. So <laughs> when you compare it to last week's episode of Ballerina, which like their cutting and editing style kind of leaves you confused. This is very clear on how they 
style, the action, how they choreograph everything. Mm -hmm. You know where characters are in relation to one another, how tall someone is versus someone else, the way the camera positions it. I thank you. (laughs) Uh, Jeff's kiss. Also, it looks great. You know, there's one or two moments where the CGI is, you know, eh, a little shaky, but I'm not going to fault it. It's just like one or two moments and that's it. Um, I think that's huge coming from you. I know that is. Um, I think the acting is very well for each character's purpose because, you know, you have the heartwarming with uh, Kim Bonsuk. You have like the intrigue from, you know, Hulk and X-23. You also mm-hmm. have like Frank and the entire like what is what's behind? What's that? What's, that? what's yeah. behind him? You know, yeah. who's in charge of him doing everything that he's doing? He's mm. chasing after these characters. Um, you feel sympathy, sympathy for a Lee Jaman, you know, or Lee Jaman. Is that how you pronounce it? I believe. Oh, Lee Jaman. Yeah. yeah. Kim Sung Kyung's character. Yeah. You feel Hulk sympathy. Too. <laughs> Hulk too. And so you feel sympathy for the characters. You start to care for them. Mm. with all the machinations that are happening behind the scenes of trying to get after these adult super people who in turn the kids are being affected as well mm-hmm. um so overall really like the show i i don't really have many negatives really to say about it i'm so glad i am thrilled because you know like and you the audience know if you've been keeping track like I feel like I've struck out so many times suggesting K-dramas to you and we'll watch them together and review them on the podcast and you're just like, yeah, it was fine or I didn't like it or whatever and nothing has beat Signal for you. But I knew as soon as I had heard some rumblings that this was going to be a good one, that people were really enjoying this and then um, I was like, I think I think we should watch this and then it came out. <laughs> That these people were superheroes. I was like, oh, could not be more perfect for Rico to watch this movie, this movie, this show, because this is your wheelhouse. Like you're an MCU person. You're very invested in sort of this, this genre. And what's a better way to like, it would be, it's K-drama and superheroes. It's like two of our favorite things, right? Yeah. Mixing into one. Yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. You know what what the big thing is because sometimes when if you try to do something with superheroes, you're so reliant on the CGI. Mm. You know, you're trying to do something you know, fantastical that sometimes story gets ignored. Mm. And here story was not ignored. Yes. Th- that's what's keeping you invested in the show is the story. Yeah, the it's like, I thought this was a character study. Yeah. Really? They did a really good job of looking at each character, their motivations, how they got to the point that we're seeing them now. Yeah. So I so we'll talk about that more, but yeah, I think it is very well done. It's a tour de force. I'm hearing rumblings of people saying it's the best K drama of twenty twenty three. I honestly think it might be. I think it's up there. I think it's in the conversation and I hope that when award season comes around next year, that it gets nominated. It's already being, uh, you know, thrown around in certain circles. It's winning some awards. I think uh, Ryu Sung Ryong, which is Hulk number one, 
he won a Best Actor thing recently. I, I'm just really thrilled that people have have loved it and are, are just rooting for it. Moving became Disney's most watched Korean drama ever in just a week, seven days. Nice. That's really good. It's really great. And I think it would be even more popular than it is had it been on another streaming platform, let's say Netflix. Mm. Yeah, I can understand because if it had was. It. Yeah, I think it would have been another Squid Game. Ooh, okay. So you think it would have even been that popular? One hundred percent. In nice. my mind, okay. it would have done Squid Game numbers, and because it's on Disney Plus, which is not as well established of a streaming platform around the globe as Netflix is, doesn't have as much clout, doesn't have as much subscribers. And historically, the show, the K-dramas that have come out on Disney Plus have done okay, but they really haven't had this, like, staying power that, you know, Netflix ones do. Right, and I know that in some countries it was split off into a different streaming service. So, like, here, I saw it on Hulu. Correct. Know? So, but, Which is owned uh, by Disney. Right, owned by Disney. But other countries, it was Disney Plus that had it on their service and not Hulu. So just yeah. that divide also mm-hmm. could affect the way a show can gain popularity. Exactly. And over here, not everyone has Hulu. I think more people might have Disney Plus than they do Hulu here in the state. I could be wrong, but it's, it feels that way. It could be way. close, right? It could be mm-hmm. close. True. But overseas, I really don't see... Disney's trying to become like Netflix overseas, especially with investing in these K-dramas. And over time, there's been a bunch. Snowdrop was one that we reviewed. Miguel was on that one. Soundtrack number one, Big Mouth, Kiss Six Sense, Connect with Jung Hyun, Rookie Cops, Vigilante, which is coming up with Nam Joo Hyuk, who's in the mil- serving in the military right now. So that's a huge deal because he's not even around to promote that, but they're going to release it later this year. The Worst of Evil, this was huge because that one brought together two huge stars. One of them actually was in Squid Game. That's, um, oh my God, his name is, oh, I forget. But anyway, two huge stars. And it's an action, action K-drama. And then we have Revenge of Others, Big Bet, lots of Disney Plus shows now. Moving, I think, surpasses them all. Okay, that's awesome. Surpasses I, them all. Because I, I haven't really got a chance to gone, go through the different K-dramas that are on there. So, But if you're saying that it's surpassed them. It's so good. Like, well, and I, wait, I don't think I gave my thoughts on the actual show moving. But I love it. I thought it was fantastic. I don't really have a bad thing to say about it either. And, uh, yeah. So those are my general thoughts. And the other shows, I have watched Snowdrop. As, you, I don't, as your head I don't drops wanna, right now. Because I don't want to get into like why that show sucks, but it just does. You can listen back to the episode on Snowdrop in, the, in your podcast feed. But long story short, moving is sort of a crossover drama to me. It has mass appeal. It had the budget. It had the cast. Look at the cast that they enticed to be in the show. The script was amazing, airtight. It really was the best of both worlds. Like you had that 40 minute episode, 20 episode length of the show, top cast. 
I mean, there's a lot. It has so much going for it. It's perfect. What more can you want? Yeah. So, fun fact. Baby boy Lee Jung-ha, our Bong Sook, gained roughly 66 pounds to play Bong Sook. How Christian Bale of him. Bro. <laughs> Stop it with the Christian Bale because I feel like every other day on Facebook, I get those stupid ass posts that people make of like him in every single movie where he's had like a drastic physical change. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> but yeah, he goes all out with his roles. Yeah. Anyway, Christian Bale was Batman. Um, this man said, I was really happy to be able to eat. As we all are. And I was like, Say less. that makes it seem like he's not eating. <laughs> like usually <laughs> to be uh, pretty slim. He's usually pretty slim. Yeah. And he said he was disheartened when his friends didn't recognize him in the show. Because he was a little chunkers. He was a chunker. Oh, not man, even that much. Like, like he wasn't even right. It wasn't that much. I mean, he definitely was, a, you know, a little bigger, but which is also different from K drums. You have this leading kid who, well, he's not a kid. He's in his 20s, but usually you have this leading guy who is not. He doesn't look like the typical K drama lead. No, he doesn't. He he definitely breaks that mold where yeah. it's like very thin and athletic lean um you know here he is not those things no and but i love that i think they do a really good job of using him as a character and mm-hmm. you know how mm-hmm. they use him as a character and how his mom babies him and feeds him all this food you know just to keep <laughs> him down keep on the ground on the ground <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think we would like to get into spoilers at yes. this point but I'm excited to ask you, Rico, what would you give the show out of five soju bottles? Uh, so out of five soju bottles, I think I'm going to settle on a four. What? Maybe four. I don't want to go 4.5, like 4.25 out of five. I guess we have to start with the issues that brought your rating down because mine's a five out of five, bro. Yeah, I don't. So I, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but. Like that's a really high score you know, for me. You know, maybe Think I'll give it, it a four. I'll get a four and a half, and I'll. It, it has to do with the ending. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, we we should definitely get into. We'll, we'll talk some about the, the ending. Don't worry. Details here. Okay, so that's it. This is concludes the non-spoiler section. We're gonna go right into spoilers right after this. <laughs> Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers, so anything goes. Rico, I don't know if you want to start with your issues with the show, whatever those are, or if you want to kind of go like character by character or talk about your favorite episodes. Um, like, what do you want to do? Let's, okay, so let's, because I'd rather end on a high note than end on a low <laughs> note. So let's okay. start with like issues, and they're very small issues. It's not like, giant things um i think that have the kids are good i i do wish that it was a little more centered around um who i'm calling x23 like okay 
Koi and Jung. Yeah. So that is like the storyline that I'm a little more invested in because there's more mystery huh. behind it to start okay. off with uh, versus having someone who is just. But you mean her story or yeah. um, her dad's story? You mean her story? The two of them. The two oh, of okay. them. Okay. All right. I, I would say the two of them because I think that's where you get the most meat off the bone. And really? I think so. I really? feel that way because there's a mystery that comes in and maybe it's because it's tied to two of my favorite episodes of the show. Uh-huh. So, okay. So talk to me, talk to me. So one of my favorite episodes is episode five, which is basically the bullying episode, which is the episode where they flash back to where she was at her old school. And I just, I really got invested in mm. The fact that like this girl who was the class president was being bullied for no reason, you know, like, you know, the 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 bullies, the girl group, you know, was very abusive to her. They would take her things from Mm -hmm. her. You know, they would manipulate her to giving away those things. Mm -hmm. They would intimidate her. Nobody was saying a damn thing. Nobody was even turning an eye over to the situation. Yeah. And, you know, you get this internal monologue that she's saying, like, you know, if if an act happens and nobody sees it, did it really happen? You know, oh, she great says lines. It. Yeah. Um, and it really culminates when she finally, like with her orange highlighter, just runs it across oh. her book onto the table. She's had enough. Yes. And she gets up. Hey, you outside. Bro. Doesn't even like say anything else. Just says outside. Yes. And then that's when we get the image from the very beginning of the episode where we see her looking at herself in a reflection where she's Mm -hmm. all messy, dirty and bloody. And we see how she got there. And we see those powers manifest themselves there where these girls. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Because she didn't know. No, she didn't know that she was. Yeah, exactly. So now like. She went into that knowing it was 17 to 1 and she didn't know that she had the No, she was like, I'm I'm tired of this bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to stand up for this girl that nobody else is standing up for except for one guy. One guy was like, stop it. Like she had a a box cutter in her Mm -hmm. hand. And so, but then like the bully's boyfriend comes and beats the shit out of him. So like. And then even he says something along the lines of, "Yeah, that was stay stupid. Quiet. I shouldn't have that done was, that. Yeah, it's stupid. I shouldn't have spoke up. It's senior year. We're almost out of here." Yeah, yeah. So kind of just this passive nature of like just letting things happen and going about your day. Mm-hmm. And but she was like, "I can't do that. I can't." Mm-hmm. And so then you know she fights off these girls. She's healing while she's beating the shit out of these girls. She bites <laughs> yeah. a girl's calf. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she gets expelled for, you know, fighting and it affects but her. She's dad. the only one. She's the only one who gets expelled, which because sucks. there's no evidence of any. Right. Fight, like and they can't even do the self-defense thing because she has no bodily. That's, that's the whole image. thing is that it looks like she beat the shit out of all the girls and not the other way around. Right. Exactly. Because they were ganging up on her. They were slashing her up. Yeah. But they were fucking her up. Yeah. And she was bleeding all over like all someone over. a giant brick a giant stone hit her over the head and you see the blood running down her forehead but like she is just stone mm-hmm. cold 
on the leader of the group. Um, but it comes to a head because then the dad gets affected because now he ha- to so it doesn't he she doesn't go to jail and she there's no prosecution or anything. He basically has to pay off these families. A settlement, yeah. Yeah, he has to sell the home, has to do all these things. But I really love when they're walking out of the school, they're walking through the field, and she asks, "Do you did you know that I was like this?" Stop and it! I'm about to cry. Not until today, and and then it continues. It's like your mom would still, she would be proud because you turned out like me. She'd be so happy. Yeah, she'd be so happy because you turned out like me. Someone who stands up. You think he's about to say something else, maybe like, you know, you you have a power that I have or something that you turned out like me. But no, he's saying your character is just like mine because I wouldn't have just let that happen. So that was an episode where I was just like, damn, this is a really good episode. Really showing not only how she got to where she is now, where she's like doing the tests over and over and trying to get faster, trying to get stronger. But you see where she comes from mentally. Like, you know, if she gets involved in stuff, good person, she's a good person. But yeah, if she gets involved, she sees how it can affect people close Mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's a little guarded when she first arrives at the school and doesn't really want to like fully show herself to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I just love that the episode ends with a new student coming to the school and it's the the class president from the old school who's being bullied. She comes to the new school. So, oh, OK. So, yeah. So that is one of my which favorite is a episodes. huge deal because it's their senior year, right? Yeah. It's they only have a year. few months left. Yeah. So imagine in the middle of your senior year, you get up and go to a different school. So, I mean, and then after that all the bullet bullied bullying, girl does the same thing just to be with the person who stood up for her. Yes, exactly. Who risked her life to to stand up to the bullies. Yeah. Exactly. So so that's one of my favorite episodes that so that really t- helped me tie with those two characters for sure. Um and then my other episode and again it's still with um Hulk. It's episode 10, The Monster. Oh, this is fantastic. I love this episode. Yeah, talk to me. This episode is going back in time, showing you how he used his powers back in the day. Yeah. At first, he was like basically the the guy in the mafia who he was he was the meat shield. He was he was he in the go. gang. Yeah, he was in the gang. He was uh, the muscle. Yeah, th- exactly. He was the muscle. That's what I was trying to word. Uh, so. He was the muscle, and then it gets to the point where he he's done with this mob boss. He's done with it. So well, so he, there's like a merger happening, right? Well, that that's happening later, but before that, like as the episode is showing us, it's it's showing us the the early part of it where he goes and basically ends like what's happening with the particular mob boss with the glasses. With like, he's got like the really, really <laughs> wide, real uh, cartoonish, really yeah. cartoonish um, uh, lapels collar. on his shirt, the collar. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and then he becomes the boss 
of this nightclub establishment because I mean he becomes a force because he shows that yeah you can't kill me you can stick machetes and knives and everything that was nuts when he came in to take over that club yeah and he's like and has he like three stabs knives. he like rips open his stomach and stuff yeah he's like where's my gl- gallbladder like he's trying to like pinpoint the fact that he can go into his stomach try to search for something you can't kill him he like will he's heal. scaring the guy yeah, on purpose to exactly. get him to sign the papers and what's cool about the character that you find out is that he doesn't care about the money no he does not he's not in the gang to make money and that was something that his superior was saying he was like, we're all in this to make money. That's the whole point of us being in this gang. And he's like, uh-uh, that's not why I'm in the gang. Right. It's about protecting my my friends, the boys. Yeah. Because his, his family, this yeah, adopted because, family that he has, loyalty. Right, because the mob is messing around with peoples in, in the different territories. So he's doing it for that. But what I like about the episode is that it is taking that and it's juxtaposing it with a different time in his life that is like almost immediately after that. It's not in the present. It's like it's several months after. Right. So like you keep jumping back and forth right. between this man who seemingly is on top. And then this in the next moment, we see him sort being of a neutered. Hit. Yeah. Like getting run over Dude. by hit and run. But he's doing it just so he can settle money right there on the spot. Yeah. So he can, he's de- that's his income. Yeah, That's his income. Exactly. So. You know, and then finally the the episode like kind of hits you in the middle of like here was the rise and here was the fall. And the fact that these two mob bosses, the one that he was a part of originally, turns out that he was sacrificing him and sending him in. Um, But at the end, they they still did their merger because it was about the money at, at, at the end of the day. Yeah. And of course, there are consequences when you uh, go and you don't say yes. You you decide no. And then you, you, one of your associates goes ahead and betrays you. The betrayal. You. Yeah. The betrayal from the friend like took me out, brah. Yeah, man. Just a pure betrayal, which really Brutal. sucks. And... You're still not going to kill him, even if you the, tie him up. The scene up. of them like tying him up and then making, when they, they put him in the car, they were on one of those barges. Yep. And they dumped the car they in dumped the middle the car of this river with him. Or sea or something. Yeah. I was like, no, they did not. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they tried to the gang shit. Yeah, so they tried to get him to sleep with the fishes, but he was like, "No, no, no, I'm not tired yet." So he goes and he breaks his thumb so he could get out of the handcuffs. Oh, he rips so off nasty. the head seat so he could get the rope around his neck off, and then they cut to him in the club again, murder a bunch of people, and his former friend on his knees begging him for his life. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little similarity here with ballerina because both that betrayal that that friend that betrayed him in the gang mm-hmm. and the villain in ballerina have like the sides of their mouth cut. Yes. I don't know what that was about, but yeah, for some <laughs> reason they, they like like that, that Joker scar. Yeah. I don't the know Joker how I got scar. these scars. 
Mm-hmm. So, so those are two of my favorite episodes. No, sure. but you didn't. Oh my god, you skipped this whole thing in episode ten. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's where, go back. Oh, two things. Sun. One is the sunfish. What did you think of the sunfish? Like the which was swimming throughout swimming. the episode, and that's his favorite fish to eat. Like the dish that he kept wanting to eat, and it wasn't customary to eat this in this new city that the gang was in. I I want to say that it was kind of his spirit animal yes okay yeah um i don't know what the significance of a sunfish is to different people or maybe to that community so i'm not sure but it could be his spirit animal it could be it's a giant fish have you ever seen a sunfish it's a it's a giant fish it's huge yeah i had (laughs) in that moment where he's in the water and he hears the fish it, it felt to me like a man of steel where where uh, Clark Kent, after he saved all those people from that oil rig, he's like laying in the water and he just ah! sees the whale just like, mm, oh, my just God, swimming by. You're right. Yeah, it, it's very similar to that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, so I stop drawing comparisons to the plethora of superhero I know. movies that we've watched in our lifetime. I know there's so many. <laughs> there's too many. Too many. Anyway. Um, but I want to go back in the episode though, because you can clearly see that he, he does have a heart of gold when, after his fall, after he is down on the dumps, like he's, he's living, living in, in that ho- motel. Yeah, exactly. Where he, he can only pay one a week because once a week, because he has to get money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, but you he can- meets his wife here. what do you yes. think of his romance? See, I, I I like it because I like that it is not the most common way of meeting someone. No, pretty unconventional. Yes, very unconventional. But he's so cute. Yes, he is. He is so cute because he sees her and uh, oh, she, she was getting hassled by these assholes in the same hallway as yep. him at first and she just takes care of it herself but he was ready to like jump in like he Mm -hmm. had opened his door and was like about to come out and then he's like oh no no she's got it and came back inside and then later he starts trying to get her to come and bring the coffee deliver the coffee which i had never heard of this service before but if i don't know it's the 90s and i don't know anything about korea in the 90s i was like this is strange but anyway the delivery kind of like like uber eats now no, but she comes in and makes the coffee for him. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. Never mind. And <laughs> all of the all of the people that come, the ladies that come, look a little like I don't know. They're like flirtatious. Yeah, and they ask if they want if he wants a ticket. Right. There's a there's a little hint. It's like an of undercurrent of like sex work. Yes. I don't know if that's accurate but that is what i it's gather. a hint because if you look at if you go back to the argument in the hallway with the other patron like he says ten thousand um yeah, he's trying to pay her to, to sleep with right there their dollars i'm not sure how this, oh uh, like, one one ten thousand one for a cup of coffee like there's no way it's that like that was the charge that she was saying and so then like she explains like First off, it's two cups. That's the minimum order. And then with the service fee and everything, it's 10000 But when she gets up, like just the way she's dressed uh-huh, with the hoop exactly. earrings and all yeah, that yeah, and yeah. made up. A little and everything. chonga. Yeah, a little chonga. Bella? So, you know, you there's an undercurrent there. there yes. Obviously, it's not explicit or anything, 
but you can tell like there is a type of service where they masquerade but under I don't the know guise. if it's guaranteed like if you order coffee Probably it's 100%. Not. Like you saw you see what I'm saying so yeah. I think there's kind if of If they offer great but I guess if not then you're just getting coffee. Right. I don't know. I think it, it's it, was, more, it was not explained it's, very well at all. It's probably a special type of service of like, hey, we have beautiful women who can make you coffee. Right. I think that's the appeal. That's the appeal. Like, and and some people probably read too much into it and think that it's something more. I don't you know. What I mean? know. I don't know. Maybe for the sure, people do. Though. Like, what I'm saying right. is the people ordering uh-huh, are maybe yeah. coming to the conclusion of. Hey, maybe these pretty women coming uh-huh. to make coffee—they're not just gonna make coffee, you know what right. I'm saying? So make, and then they're when gonna they see grind the, price, the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry I did that. I don't know. So, <laughs> but what I like is he. Uh, what does he order? Like five different coffees just to get her to deliver it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, (laughs) don't forget to put cream in it. Uh, So, Uh, yeah. So so those two episodes right there. No, but when he cleaned up the little apartment that he's in and stuff like that was like after he complained, like you guys don't clean it. And he's like and the the woman is like, (laughs) you're living there. We don't (laughs) offer that for long term. You want your room clean? Go stay in a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because he was like trying to like haggle i guess on yeah, the price of he the, was. the he room was. and he was like you don't even come and clean the room <laughs> i don't know i could see it both ways but i see what you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway i really like this this love story because it's not it's unconventional and she's sort of a hard on him and it takes a few of these coffee dates for her to like figure him out for her to for him to figure her out um he like what what is it? I think we're in episode eleven actually, but you know he closes the window because she's cold, mm-hmm. and he like always has it open. Yeah, um, he talks to her about Hulk Hogan and martial <laughs> arts novels, and that these novels are actually romantic and they have happy endings, and the hero gets the girl at the end of these stories and stuff, and just sharing interests with each other like true dates, you know? Right, exactly. And date. again. I know. And then he turns off the TV because she doesn't seem to like it when the TV is on. Like he's learning her and he's very considerate. And it's so cute. I don't know. <laughs> like it's really cute. But going back to episode 11, episode 10, he when he gets lost. Yes. At night trying to find the motel. And he cries when he sees her again mm-hmm. on the moped. I was almost in tears I, it was so shockingly endearing and he just says i can't find my way literally and figuratively because without the gang he feels lost without mm-hmm. purpose or direction in life and he's doing these stupid things to get money literally literally putting himself in harm's way to get money yeah and then he's also lost like literally he cannot find his way out of this maze like you know, suburban area mm-hmm. or urban area. And I just felt for him immediately. Like, did you feel for the, like I was completely sold Yes, on this dude. I was like, 
in his corner 110%. Yeah, because you can tell that even when he was part of the mafia or the ga- or the gang, there was never like a sense of like he's doing it to be you know, he's not trying to do a put on of like, oh, I'm a mafioso, I'm like no. you know, he's never doing it for the intention of getting rich or you know, he's just doing it for protecting people mm-hmm. because that's what his natural you know, inclination is. He's a protector. He's a protector. So that's what he wanted to do in that gang. He wanted to protect his own people. Mm. And now that he has no people to protect, he doesn't view himself valuable as Mm. he does other people. He always values the other more than himself. Mm. So if he doesn't have anyone to protect, what is he protecting? Right. Oh. I got nothing to add to that. Nothing to add to that at all. That was perfect. Episode 11. The oneer in the hallway. Yes. The yes, oneer yes, in the yes, hallway. Yes, 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 yes. Tell me they did not try and pull a Netflix on Netflix. They. <laughs> like, this is like double dutching on Netflix. They tried. To me. To, yeah, I think they. It's, man, it's a really good job. They it's such really a good. great sequence. And then the chase sequence mm-hmm. afterward is great. When he's like running around on foot, they're like trying to drive him down i mean it's so compelling it is really compelling they do a really good job with this episode yeah and just this entire action sequence i think that's one thing i will give the show is that just about all of their action sequences are just so well done well done yes yeah yeah i don't really have any complaints for them again i mentioned it before they're coherent is is the big thing Mm-hmm. Which a lot of directors, just in general, like to do all this fancy editing around it, and you don't need to. Yeah, have a medium shot and let us see where they're going. Show me what's going on. See who they're <laughs> punching. You know, see how they're reacting to the punch. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And yeah, the, the show, carnage. The show delivers with that. She saves him on the moped again. Mm-hmm. And repeats the line that he said back to her earlier, because initially, she, well, they're sitting in the coffee w- with the coffee in his room. She asked him, why haven't you asked me why I'm doing this? Why I'm like a coffee girl. And he told her, you must have had a reason. And basically just gives her the benefit of the doubt. And right. if she doesn't want to share it, she doesn't have to share it. And with all of the chaos, pure chaos that's happening, a couple of action sequences later, she saves his ass. And he basically asks her, like, why aren't you asking me what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and she says, you must have had a reason. Yes. <laughs> I was trust. like, this is trust. cinema. Like, I love it. Yeah, trust that they built over time. And they've just endeared themselves to one another. Yeah. And exactly. at the end he finally comes back after he's been recruited by that asshole in the in the NIS. Or at that point it was ANSP. He's te- he tells her in the coffee I think it was a coffee shop still. He tells her I'm still bad at finding my way. I just tried to find you. Oh. oh. That's so good. She's like that's smooth. Like even she says something to that effect. Yeah. He's got the riz. Golly. Yeah, uh, so, so I love them. So what are your favorite episodes? <laughs> well, episode, so it still has to do with Hulk, mm-hmm. Hulk number one. That's what I thought. 
Um, let me see. I think it's episode 13. Mm-hmm. It when she dies. Damn. I was like, I was just crying into my bowl of cereal. Heartbreaking. Her death, his wailing in the in the funeral. When he's like changing into the funeral clothes and stuff and he just cannot stop crying and wailing. I felt his pain. He was whimpering at one point. I was like, oh my God. Like it was heart wrenching. Tore me up. And I also liked how in this episode we got to see an evolution of their of their family because it was just them at first. And he had this cushy, not cushy, but he had a job, steady job with the government. And she was, I think it was every month they were having barbecue at the house. Mm. Do you remember mm-hmm. this? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And she finally reveals to him like, oh, you're not going to be home for, you know, barbecue tonight. And he says, no, but we can have barbecue next time, next month or whatever. And she goes, the only reason why I wanted you here in the in the house to have barbecue once a month, we could have barbecue at any time. But today is my ovulation day. And it's revealed she's been trying to get pregnant this whole time. Yeah. Wants to get pregnant. So fertility issues are brought up in this yep. show. Briefly, like they don't linger on it. but No, but that's enough for her to be like, I was hoping to get pregnant on these barbecue nights because, you know, I'm the most fertile today. I was shocked that they even <laughs> went this far. Yeah, this show contains a lot. You know, yeah. like they're, you know, Something that really stands out to me is like they allow for the male characters to really emote. They they get to show their emotions, whether they're angry, they're sad, they're frustrated. Um, you get to see it. So like obviously their example with Hulk where he's crying, whimpering after the death of his wife. Another example is later on in I want to say it's episode 19 yeah episode 19 where you have the uh, the bad guys um, who are fighting at the school against the adults and the last few episodes is a fight at the school yeah it is that's like a downright brawl it really is and it lasts for several hours it, it does so Hulk <laughs> is facing basically a bigger Hulk yeah um and but that bigger Hulk has a connection with the dude who's like kind of controls the weather in a way. Controls the weather. Not controls the weather. Sorry, but like it, it looked like he was controlling the weather just because. Oh, he had of, like a clap. Yeah, right? he had like this clap that just would send. It's like supersonic a, clap. Yeah, pretty much. But there was a connection between the two, and after mm. the sonic clap guy dies, yeah, like, yeah, he breaks down. I know. Yeah, he cries like, and you see like the connection that they had. Like, you know, he was a guard and he was a prisoner. Well, that's the thing, you right? Know, like, helps him whole... escape and all this stuff. I it, it, the thing is, like, the show gives you character studies for each and every fucking character. And the Sonic Clap guy had a whole history that we got to see where he was in a North Korean concentration camp. Yep. In a fucking hole in yeah. a mountainside somewhere. 
And that's where he grew up because he's a survivor. Maybe his powers just gave him that extra resilience. And he survived where others were constantly dying of malnutrition, of exposure, of whatever in the jail. And the scene of them like opening up the the cell to reveal this decomposing body right there at the entrance. And then he's huddled in a corner as a child. How can you not feel bad for this Sonic Clap guy, even though he's trying to take down your favorite hero characters in South Korea? Like, that is incredible that you have so much growth and so much backstory and and just they built these characters, right? Brick by brick, you're feeling some type of way about these characters and how they go out because a Sonic Clap guy, what he's a victim, He's a victim of the of the ongoing war between North and South Korea. Of the dictatorship in North Korea. Yeah. And his whole family was slaughtered and he's alone and they have to put sunglasses on him because he's like a a mole down there can't adjust to the light anymore. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. You you sympathize with characters, you empathize for characters. Uh yeah, they do an amazing Left job. Left and right. And it. so that Hulk, the North Korean Hulk. Yes. You feel bad for that too, that dude too because you saw him climbing up a sheer mountainside trying to get back up to I guess the chief of the of this division, yeah. the super division. But he died. Like he effectively died because he was they were all pushed off the cliff to see if they had powers. Wild ass way to test if they have powers. But all of his comrades were murdered and he died and then he came back and started climbing up. There was no other way. They weren't going to go get him. No. I mean, and it also shows. It's incredible. But it also shows the way that the two countries deal with, you know, super powered people. Mm. Where. You know, neither way is great. Neither way is great. That's the yeah. that's the worst part of it is yeah. that neither way is great yeah. because all these kids have to hide in secret. You know, they mm-hmm. can't show their powers. You know, you have the parents that are doing everything they can to protect them. Mm-hmm. You have government agencies tracking and hunting the superpowered people down, mm-hmm. which is why I said, damn, this is the X-Men. Like, right. Like, these are superpowered people who, in the face of society, are not fully accepted, and government agencies either want they're to, mutants. They're mutants. They either want to hunt them down to kill them, or they want to experiment on them and use them mm-hmm. as weapons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So either way, like the way they're treated, just in general by society, by each other, by the nature of these governments and what they want to use them for. It sucks for them. And the kids didn't ask for that life. No, none of them did. No, none of them did. But they have to make do the best they can with the... They have to survive. They have to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite episodes had to do with Hulk and X-23. Although (laughs) I really... I really... I love that. I love that you adopted the name. Well, I'm not going to sit here and try and remember because I'll remember their real name and not their character name and vice versa and then it gets confusing so 
And then if you've never watched a show, but you're listening to the spoiler section, like you don't know who the hell I'm talking about. So yeah, it's a little easier. But episode 12, bro, we got to see the dynamic duo. We got to see Hulk and Superman on a couple of their missions and how the two men met, how they worked together. This is something that is missing from so many shows, from so many um, friendships. Consider Star Wars prequel. This is like that in-between stuff, like how they kind of work together, how they met, all this stuff in between. They're not just talking like, remember that job in Argentina? Blah, blah, blah. That was a crazy job. We don't get none of that shit. No, no, no. We're there in they Argentina with... Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. That's what... I love when they do that because there's so many movies that'll be like, remember that time where we... Oh. It's like... Just show us the damn thing. Just show us. Don't tell us. Show Don't us. Don't tell us. Show us. So just a little side tangent that I wanted to say real quick. So like there was a recent show just now on Disney Plus, Ahsoka, where uh-huh. the the season was only eight episodes long for, for no reason at all. Like it was short in, for what I thought it was because there were episodes that you could have shown us things that you didn't uh. get to show us either with this show or even with the show that preceded it rebels where a lot of Mm. characters came from. So like you could have shown us like Ezra and Thrawn, how did they end up on that planet? Show us, you know, (laughs) instead of like, Oh, I've been here a long time, you know, and like, (laughs) okay, Okay. what did you do in that time? Like, how did you get away from Thrawn that he's not chasing you? Like, so show us that. Like, I see what you're saying. You know, Star Wars is a big, grand example of what not to do and moving this show really came through and you see this dynamic this bromance that they have together Mm -hmm. and the bond that they share it's palpable and you're rooting for them and you're what you're wanting to know what the fuck happened to choin sung's character superman yes you want to find right because in this episode it's unclear if superman went to kill the north korean dictator or not Mm mm-hmm then you find out what the fuck happened in North Korea later. And it's so cool. It really is. Oh, Ugh. man. Also, going back to family. Mm-hmm. Because I mentioned infertility issues earlier with Hulk and his wife. Not that they had infertility issues. They just didn't. I, I don't know what was going on. Because if she was having sex on our ovulation day and nothing was happening, I don't know. Maybe she did have infertility issues. But you never see in K-dramas, they cover the newborn era in a family, with a family, right? Mm. Act- the act of actually starting a family, of, uh, you know, changing dirty diapers and things like that. You see kids in K-dramas, but they're already grown and talking and the family unit is already built. But you don't ever see two people coming together to get get married, be together, and partner together in child rearing. That's really unique. And it's heartwarming to see both couples, Superman and Hulk's families, get started and how they're like staying up late and the baby's crying. And, you know, it. that's cool. It's different. And it's character building as well. The character building, world building in this show is, man, it's so strong. It like, is. You could put it up against a lot of different other, like, you know, types of properties where they're mm-hmm. trying to build a world and 
a lot of them fail where moving succeeds. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they do a great job. Now, the fact that they had 20 episodes to do it is really good. So you have yeah. time to fill so you could backstory stuff. For sure. For versus, sure. you know, shows nowadays are only like six, eight, ten episode miniseries. And it's like you're not going to get the full depth and scope of the characters if you're rushing through from point mm-hmm. A to point B. Here, the show does not rush from point A to point B. He Mm-mm. takes us on little side adventures. Oh, you want to know what Hulk was like when he was younger? Here it is. And do you want to know these different adventures? Here they are. Right. Or Punky Man, the electricity dude. Yes, electricity dude. You find out about this bus driver who has like a very small part in the final episode. Yes. But is like a recurring character and you're also rooting for him and you're wondering, is he ever going to use his powers? Right, because they, they you know, kind of go about it. Like at one point, Frank is leaving the building and uh-huh. electricity man's in the building with like a little battery in his hand yeah but he's like but what was cool about the batteries was it contained memories Mm-hmm. that was cool too yeah that's a cool thing to show us and and so like he is so like you know emotional at that moment that it's like flickering with the lights of right. the entire building so, yeah. like, you're kind of waiting and they're building up that character. When is he finally going to f- unleash Release. this power? Yeah. And yeah. he does in a really satisfying way. If they, yes, exactly. Do you want to talk about Frank and how he was basically we have stolen to. to the U.S.? Yes, we have to. Okay, we okay, talk to. about Frank. Go, go for it. No, no, no. Like, lead us in. I'll okay. jump in. So there's this character named Frank who is the assassin sent by you don't know, you don't know. They figure you find you find out it's the US. Mm-hmm. And he starts assassinating all of the supers. Right. Exactly. And he gets a backstory. It's like you get a backstory and you get a backstory. <laughs> and you get a backstory. <laughs> he gets a backstory. And it's very interesting. He was stolen as a child. He was a a kid out of wedlock. His mother was like a bar singer. And he, I think, was also the son of a U.S. military service member. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Stationed in Korea. Mm -hmm. So they find out he has powers or something and they just ship him right off to. Is it Idaho or Iowa? It was Iowa. It was Iowa, right? With the cornfields? Yep, Iowa. And they start training them brutally. The scene of him running through and like having one-on-ones with the other kids and fighting to the death, like Battle Royale style. Yeah. You're just shocked. Like, I'm looking around like, where's the camera? Office style. And, And it does explain the fact that like early on, before you know him, like he's talking crap to that superhero guy uh the first one that he kills and he's like oh, talking yeah. in english and you're like yeah. huh interesting that he's speaking english right, uh, right because nobody else in this show has any inkling of speaking any english mm-hmm. and here's this character so it does bring a bit of intrigue like okay where is he from who is he, he working for what are his powers so yeah. and they you figure you know, it out yeah they they so the 
I really enjoyed that about a character He's, like this. And then they also planted the seed for possible season two, right? Yes, With they Frank did. And his age, whatever, whatever agency he's a part of, because there's other kids exactly. in this program that have powers. And he's only F for Frank. Exactly. So there's also, at the, what was the end of this show? They had that post credit scene. E yes. for Elias. E for Elias. Another super super agent that gets called in mm-hmm. we have to call from the lives. u.s so the u.s is like an antagonist right like yeah a, they're the they want to be the only the people show. that have supers exactly and also that leads into man too many comparisons with x-men i'm so sorry but like <laughs> wait, wait wait before you make comparisons hold that thought hold that thought uh-huh. because frank also represents like finding your roots and the adoption story of so many people mm-hmm. in korea yeah. His Korea, as a lot of you guys know, is the number one exporter of babies. Oh, man. And so there's a lot of adoption stories that are extremely moving, no pun intended. And Frank represents this like subsect of people who are yearning for connection, yearning f- to know where they came from, who their parents are. And at the end in the post credit scene, you see him, tra- he's missing like MIA, but he's really tracing his roots back to that club that his mother used to sing at. Yeah. And who knows where that is going to lead. Yeah. In a possible season too. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. It, it really is. It's covering so much. And uh, just to go back to that point that I was uh, going to say, because X-Men. like you said, F for Frank and there's like E for Elias. It does remind me of when uh, the company, I'm tr- can't remember the name of the company, but the company that is trying to use the mutant DNA to create mutants. Mm -hmm. And that's where X-23 comes from because they number them. Uh X-1, X-2, and all that. So X-23 is the 23rd iteration of the mutant that they they assembled. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a similarity there. Also, there's a similarity kind of in uh, using using someone from a you know from a different country and having them come back and do all these types of work the winter soldier type of like scenario right right you know like so there's like similarities there that is very similar to winter soldier yeah right uh so yeah this show okay so frank is is winter soldier frank's the winter soldier (laughs) (laughs) trying to remember his past trying to remember his past oh my god it's too perfect yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so we got the Winter Soldier, we got Hulk, we got X twenty three, we got so many <laughs> people. Okay, let's do two more backstories and then let's jump into Endgame episodes. Yes. Okay, yeah. so I think the most, the most or not the most, the best parts of Han Hyoju are when Bong Sok is a child. Okay. Yes. And you see her in the snow and she's carrying him on on her back mm-hmm. and she's got like this rolling bag and it's it's like very overwhelming. The conditions are crazy and she's tired. Yeah. You know, she's put in everything to just keep them alive and surviving. And that moment when he starts to float in the restaurant. Yes. And she like puts a foot down on the chair and puts him back on the ground. And she says, mom's tired. <laughs> like, I just felt that deep in my bones. Everyone pour one out for your mom. Yes. Because 
they are superheroes. Like, I think this show is really shit. It's also the theme of women, mothers are superheroes and fathers are superheroes. Like parents are everything. They don't have to have superpowers to be super. Exactly. Exactly. Every single parent, every single mom and dad out there, like they're doing miracle work every day. Yeah. Yeah. The good ones, because I know there's horror well, stories yeah, and everyone's got their issues. I, yes. I totally get that. So, but, good ones. You know, yes. But I think Han Hyoju excels when the chi- when Bong Sook is a child. And when he's already grown, she's still great, but she doesn't have like moments to shine like she does when she's like teaching him how to walk without floating and, you know, being on her guard. And it's very, it's very much... That I think everyone felt something yeah. when um, she was just breaking down from the heaviness of the situation, losing her husband mm-hmm. and having to be a single mom. Yeah. And they bring that that visual moment full circle where she's oh. carrying him and then he gets to return the favor Stop of carrying it because her. because I... <laughs> this in my notes as well because i it's very emotional for me i don't know why the full circle moment with the the piggyback ride really got me but the reciprocation is precious this is in the very last episode the child she's so dearly raised and protected is now protecting her exactly and just as she suffered in the snow carrying him on her back now he carries her and she just mumbles like, my son is all grown up now. Aww. But she actually uses the, uh, the word Uri. Uri? Which means uh, our, like us. Ah, okay. She says like, our son is all grown up now. Gotcha. So like, I guess talking about, like she's almost like right. she's talking to her, yes. her husband. Her husband who's missing. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Don't you love it? It's great. It's oh. great stuff. It's great stuff. Um, all right. Precious. Any other characters anyway, you want to go over? Did we want to talk about Kim Sung-kyun, Hulk number two? Hulk number two. Because, bro, that story was also like really emotional. Yeah, it and was. he is such a loving father. He really is. Such a loving father in a very different way than the others. And... It, it, I think I was almost moved to tears again when he comes back after that big brawl with the protest that was broken up by the police and his yeah. wife was like taken away in the paddy wagon. And like he starts a fight with the cops. <laughs> Don't mess with his family, man. Bro. Do not mess with his Bro. family. And he comes back after this whole brawl where he ends up in the sewer system they save a child that got sucked into the sewers. I mean, it was it was extensive, but he ends up back home. And his little boy is sitting there just waiting for him. And he's like, I'm so sorry I was late. I'm so sorry I was late. And then they bust in, like the NIS bust in to take him. I remember that. Like, and that like, was really sad, that, that moment. It was so sad. It really it was, was sad. And in the final episodes... Hulk number two slash Fist of Fury. That's what I have in my notes. 
<laughs> fists, fists of fury is still wearing that same red shirt. He is. When he takes off running towards the school and he's taking these giant leaps. And um, I love that scene in the brawl where he sends that North Korean Hulk flying out the window. Actually, it's not even a Hulk. It's no, like it's a the, Hulk number four. Yeah, it's more of like the... I know who you're talking about. Yeah, because he was there with the North the Koreans. Sun. Yes, he's wailing on the sun. And at one point he has... Torturing him, basically. The sun up in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. And he's like stepping on the teacher. Yeah, the PE teacher the got PE teacher. in the fray. Yeah. Trying because to save he's the trying kid. to help. Trying to help he's the kids. He's trying to help. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. So and then that's where the dad When he in. showed up. Yo. Oh, oh. What a great moment. And he just starts wailing on this guy, throwing him against anything and everything. There's a move where, damn, (laughs) he, the guy is laying on the floor. So dad kicks him up into the air and then punches him back down into the ground. I was like, damn, dude. What's cool about their powers, because they all have very similar powers. Right. They're similar. Yeah. Uh, Fist of Fury number two, mm-hmm. basically, has the same exact powers as Hulk number two. And they do not heal. Right. So whatever impact and... and They're feeling every punch, yep. everything. Exactly. They're not impervious to, to the pain and to breaking bones and whatever. They're going to heal just like any other person. It takes a long time and they can die. And they can die. It's it's just more super strength is really the right. thing. Yeah, um, which is interesting to have super strength without like having no pain, feeling no pain or having no healing abilities. Yeah, because that kind of feels like if I punch a brick wall and I break the brick wall, but I still feel the fucking brick wall. You're going to break your you're arm. Gonna, yeah, in multiple places. So, so great job of breaking down the brick wall, but <laughs> you're down for the count, huh? Yeah, you're going to be in a cast for a year and a half. It's it's a very catch twenty two of a of a superpower. But anyway, I would say he throws this guy out the window. It's a deterrent. Yes, like it I is. can destroy you with a punch, mm-hmm. but. I don't I'm gonna hurt want myself to. too. Right. I don't want to do it because if not, we'll both be injured. But you're gonna you're gonna be mm-hmm. the one that really feels it. So Hulk number two sends this guy out the window, and when he turns around, his he's his son is there. But they cut to him as a child again, yes. sitting on the floor, waiting for him to come back to the house. I, tears. Tears. That was so well done. And oh. unfair. Yes. It's so manipulative. <laughs> it really was. Um, so do we want to... Okay, so Endgame. Yeah, Endgame. So let's discuss the last couple of episodes because I know we're starting to run a little long. So, okay, so... Bong Sook mm-hmm. can fly now, for real. For real. Like, Bro. he can control it. Like, yes. I really enjoy that moment. I really enjoyed the moment where yeah. it's after the gymnasium, after... Um, X-23 gets shot, mm-hmm. but she starts to heal and he, she's like, go to your mom. Mm-hmm. So then he takes off 
and there's like this inspiring music behind them as he's like learning how to, you know, maneuver himself around buildings mm-hmm. and everything. And again, sorry for the comparison, Man of Steel flight when he flies for the first time, that inspiring music that's lifting uh-huh. him right underneath. I, I, I was just like, damn, this is good. It's a fort. This is I know. Awesome. I love I I love a good like hero finally masters their power moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like Mm -hmm. they finally get it clicking. And the fact that he's able to get the flying down and now it can match like him with taking on people and stuff like that. It's wonderful. Yeah. And he said during the gymnasium fight, oh, you take off your the villain said, oh, you take off your dad because the two flying dudes had a showdown before mm-hmm. in North Korea. And he says, I take after my mother. Oh, yeah, man. Oh my God. Awesome. awesome. Mom's rule. Um, the confession scene. What'd you think of that little confession? In, oh, where in the gymnasium. It's like someone that I like and whatever. And yeah. then it's like, wait a minute. What'd you just say? What'd you say? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What? Yeah, you just said something weird. <laughs> yeah, you just said something weird. <laughs> yeah, but then she, you said she takes a bullet for him. She takes a bullet for him in the forearm, yes. just as her dad did earlier to protect Bong Sok's mom and the PE homeroom teacher who had that, like, was in the past in that whole showdown with the North Korean soldiers back in the early 2000s, yeah. was it? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, so I love that another full circle moment. Yeah, because it. Speaking of like the gunshot wound, there's the moment in oh, I can't remember what episode, but the dad goes to see this guy about getting payment, and like the guy tries to act tough to him, oh. and then he's like, then like he turns on a switch. There, he's like, "Where's that accent from?" Oh yeah, he's and like, he's like clocks him on the accent, clocks him, and he's like, "Why are you trying to?" put on that accent like why are you trying to be hard right you know being from that area you know can get uh-huh. you in some trouble right here yeah and like he like turns it on and that's where we where the guy goes oh are those what are those like on his arm and it's like are those like scars from something it's like those are bullet scars mm-hmm. scars from a bullet and he's like oh wow like like he got psyched out it's big deal because like i said in the ballerina episode guns are illegal in korea yeah so the fact that somebody's taking a bullet yep. is a big deal. It's huge, yeah. So uh, more endgame stuff here. More endgame stuff. So, um, oh, Mama Bear. Mm-hmm. Mama Bear goes fucking ape shit in school. Yeah. Yeah, I she, love her. Yeah. She turns on. Yes. Gets that gun. Fierce. Yes. Sniper. She says to one of the one of the North Koreans, I think it was... Hulk number four. <laughs> Fist of Fury number two that he got sent out the window. He oh, she yeah. says to him, I'll become a monster anytime if it's to protect my child. And then shoots him dead. Shoots Come him on. dead. Because Come you can on. tell he's like grabbing like either like a knife or something. Or like he's mm-hmm. grabbing glass. Like so he yeah. could try to get up and move on her. And before uh-huh. he can make the move, pop. Pop. Got him. The tension throughout that episode or that series of episodes especially when people start to show up at the school yes 
and you're like, oh, the mom's there. Oh, what's up with the guard at the school? Like he's in on it too. And oh, now uh, Hulk is coming to the school and oh, the North Koreans are pulling up and they got another dude in the trunk. Like it's just like progressively upping the ante Mm -hmm. each episode. And you're just in one spot. You're just at the school. Yeah, man. They do a really good job of getting it. I was fearful for those last couple episodes because, oh. you know, and I was fearful that we would run into a scenario that runs into a lot of these superhero movies where the final act is just punching and just like nonsense. You can't understand what they're doing type of thing. Uh, CGI fest. And uh-huh. the the show, well, first off, it's at night, so they kind of hide themselves with it. But... <laughs> They don't make it so about punchy, punchy, you know, destroying everything. Sure, yeah. things, people are punching stuff and yeah. be, and each other. And a building does collapse at one point. <laughs> but it never... It's a little man of steely. Right, a little. A little but a it little. never takes away from, like, the actual story that's being told between the characters. Mm-hmm. So right. it's never one of those things where I'm just like... I glazed my eyes over. was like, okay, let's see how long like this takes right. this entire. You're getting like a little desensitized and bored. Right. With it. But no, they, it was no, very. Here they do a good job to keep you in the moment because you want to see how these characters resolve. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. do a good job with that. Um, I died with the electricity man, though, because he does his like Bunker Man like thing. Yep. Like his like little like. <laughs> What's that called? Um. His moves? Yeah, he was like doing his whole entire choreographed yeah, yeah, yeah. move of charging up and then finally just unleashing it into the air. I love it. He blows off this dude's arm. It's yes. fantastic. Oh, it's so good. No notes. So good. <laughs> so one thing I will say about Korean shows that kind of throw me off is that the, the big action sequence happens in basically in episodes 18 and 19 and then in episode 20 is like it almost feels like an epilogue type of episode a little bit yeah because a little bit you're just tying up the loose ends well right some of them and leaving an you know like a a cliffhanger well not a cliffhanger but you're leaving it's not something a cliffhanger but you're you're leaving something for the future as well so what we did you yeah expect? go ahead that Choi and Sung was alive and in North Korea this whole time. Oh, um, man. For, the missing husband. Right. Superman. Missing, yeah, Superman. Um, well, when they kept saying, like, he's missing, when they were saying he's missing, uh-huh. that clued me into, like, we're going to see him. I don't know when, but we'll see him. I didn't expect it to be, like, in a North Korean prison, but... <laughs> But right. um, I'm glad that they finally revealed where he was, that he got reintroduced to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's necessary, if, especially if they're going to do a season two. I wanted more from the reunion scene, mm-hmm. personally. That would have been nice. Bigger moment. It's and a big deal. What's, you can tell that Cho Sung is a really famous player because... He doesn't come into the show until like episode seven or eight. Yeah. Don't see him. One of my pet peeves, but yes. And he's missing for large swaths of the show. 
And then they bring him in at the end. It's like, ta-da, here's the rabbit in the hat. Yep. It's it's one of those Here's things where it's like, all right, we're kind of going over budget. We're going to have to cut <laughs> some of your scenes from some of these episodes here. Right. It feels <laughs> a little like Wonder Woman-y in the cameos uh, that she's done. We can't use you for the entire movie. Can't have Gal. Can't have her for the whole thing. Here's one scene. That's what it felt like. But... Uh, otherwise, a really, really nice, happy ending, happy-ish, mm-hmm. as happy as they can be. Yeah. Um, I will say, Chun Sung does have a fantastic scene where he is trying to assassinate the North Korean dictator. Yes. Like that whole sequence of him like flying around. Mm-hmm. Really. I good. was like, I've never seen that before. You know how many fucking superhero things yeah, we've seen, so and many. I've never seen that. That's a first time. It's just like a sniper flying around. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. They were innovative with stuff. In this it show. was. They were. It felt innovative. Um, That last episode. Yeah. Gets us through a couple major things. One thing that stood out to me is when. What is it? The general from North Korea. Uh-huh. It's like, we'll did you get the, the general? From did North you get the file? And the guy yeah. who lost an arm to. Because of electricity, man, blowing it off. <laughs> Pumpkin man. Yeah. Um, you know, he he makes a comment of like, what did the kids have to do with it? Pretty much. Right. There is an undercurrent of like the kids are innocent. Why are we pursuing children? Right. Exactly. And because they're not in this fight. No, they're not. They're not. They're not trained assassins like their parents are. Exactly. And so. It culminates to he is not happy with the what they told him that he needed to do. So with that arm that was blown off, he pops a little a gun out of it and shoots that general dead right there. <laughs> I didn't expect that. No, neither did I. It was very Kingsman. I don't know. Yeah. Kingsman. Yes. It, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Manners maketh man. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's some things that stood out, but there's also things that are going to possibly gives us a season two. Do you think we're going to get a season two? Look, I think it's not out of the question because they've left so much open. They had post credit scenes, like a real superhero movie and there's loose ends like the U at the North Koreans or ended up being like the big big bad organization of the of the show but you still have the internal south korean nis that secret part of nis that's dealing with the supers and you had that replacement like they killed the guy they killed that asshole question did i did i see this wrong but did the class president yeah join the nis she did it was. Yeah. It, it was. What are you talking about? It was in my imagination that I was like seeing her in that final episode, and she was like, "You couldn't do your job or something like that." That she. Oh said. no! It what? What in the final? Are episode? you talking about what? No, hold on, hold on. So you're talking about what class president? You know, because they look so similar. Maybe this is me. I don't. I mm. think. I think I'm. No, you're this wrong. You're fault. wrong. I'm this looking is, at them. This is my fault. This is on me. This no. is on me. The guy that replaces 
uh, Yongjun, which is that NIS mm-hmm. um, chief, because mm-hmm. he gets shot dead by Chun Sung, is Sangu Park Byung-un. That's another very famous actor. And he takes the spot of um, what, what? What's the equivalent of that in the MCU? Um, um he I don't know. Takes, Robert Redford. <laughs> like if if someone was taking over Shield or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, but Shield is Hydra. So. No, there was there was a moment. It, 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 I was thinking about a woman because I saw a woman. Okay, her name know. is Kwan Han Sol. Yeah. And that's not the same that's as not the same person no, that I no. saw. Then yeah, I was just being stupid and No, no, mistaken. it's fine. <laughs> but the the Hulk number two son, Kangun, mm-hmm. does join the yes, NIS. He does. He does get recruited. Yes, he does. That I that I definitely remember. He accepts a position. So for sure. we still gotta deal with that. We yep. still gotta deal with now um <sighs> Bong Suk is a superhero because yeah. he's like flying around the city. We've seen another appearance from, <laughs> from. It's the, a bird. It's a plane. <laughs> it's the yellow man. Because he's wearing so his he's yellow a, jacket. I know. So cute. So again, he's like a superhero. Are we going to deal with that? What the hell is Hisu doing? Um, X-23, what's she up to? Yeah. Did, is she just going to school for on a PE <laughs> PE scholarship. Yeah, on a PE scholarship. Like, what's going on with her? So a lot of different loose ends that they can come back to and tap into. They can easily come back to. This does feel like the end of a season one. It does. It feels like it. But it was so well done. Yeah, it was very well done. Because you resolve the main conflict in the first season, but you leave the, you know, all the chess pieces are on the board mm-hmm. to be able to move forward with it's something set. else. Yeah, exactly. Will you watch season two? Yeah, I would watch season two. <laughs> You're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I would definitely watch season two. Oh, gosh. Okay. Because we've now talked about we've already everything. been teased with, with a new no, name that's of Elias. The thing. I know Elias, another agent, is coming to Korea. Yeah. Frank and him got to have a showdown. Yes. Frank's got to get inducted into the superhero into the superhero society. Exactly. Um, we got to deal with the U.S. intervention. We got to yep. deal with maybe North Korea comes back into the picture somehow. Yeah, they, maybe they like have their own Superman, you know, that... Well, they had... Well, well I mean, uh, is that flying man going to come back? Right. And is he going to come back? The one-armed flying su- Superman number two? Is he going to... Right. Is he going to play a bigger part? You know, Mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's questions that can be answered. (laughs) There's right. Right. There's enough. Definitely. For a season two. It's exciting. It's exciting stuff. I liked it as well. I would never have thought that I would be like, yeah, I'm looking forward to a season two. But yeah, because genuinely not not big on season twos, especially for Korean dramas. No. But this is basically a Western show. Yeah, it, it kind of it has all the trappings of one. Yeah. So, yeah, great. It's so heartfelt. Very good show. Very good show. Very good show. And I highly recommend it. If you've come this far in the episode, we spoiled the whole thing. But go watch it for yourself on Hulu or Disney Plus, wherever you can get a hold of it. If you're in the States, it should be Hulu. If you're outside Disney Plus, I don't know. But Rico, 
That's it. We've come to the end of the show. Yes, we have. Thank you for watching Moving With Me. Yes, thank you for first recommending watching it and having me on the show to talk about it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so glad you feel that way. Well, we're just going to get out of here. This has been our show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rico. <laughs> this has been the Teva K Rambles podcast.